Hello again, friends, and welcome to episode three of season two of My Life in Miniatures. I'm your host, John Ashton, and uh, yeah, that sounded pretty professional, quite happy with that. I've done worse. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for joining us again uh, this week. Uh, we've got Spencer as our guest. I'll, I'll get on to, to him a little bit later. Uh, you may know him from Spen's Painting, uh, which you can find in various places. Um, and this is kind of weird because I literally finished editing Josh's episode, so episode two, uh, yesterday, which will be going up tomorrow. And then I edited Spencer's stuff yesterday, and now I'm doing this bit today. And so it's all very confusing time-wise. All you need to know is that we've got another fantastic uh, episode lined up for you. Um, and because of that, I was I was thinking I wouldn't probably have many updates for my intro. It might be quite a short intro this week. Uh, usually not. I'll just ramble on and waffle about whatever is going through my brain. Um but yeah, I think uh, I think oddly quite a few things have happened in in my sort of little hobby world over the last day. Uh, I've got another project which I might be attempting or doing. We shall see. Um, I've been I've been tempted with the idea of a Badab War Primaris kill team little project, uh, which is which is going good uh, in my brain. Um, so yeah, I might do one of those. Uh, I'm thinking at the moment Carcaradons, uh, just because I always like the sort of uh, style that they, they come with. Uh, I painted the one. If you go into Warhammer World and you see the big display of all the different Space Marine chapters, the Carcaradon in there, I painted. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. What else have I been doing? Oh, well, I've been having an idea about what I could do for a squad for Golden Demon. Because I always really like the squad categories, because I think so much work has to go into them. Um, so I'm toying around with that. It'll probably only be a three-man squad, because you know time is short and my attention span is minimal. But I'm having some ideas. I don't know whether I want to do 40k or AOS yet. But uh, yeah, it's there's something. There's some options percolating in my brain. Uh, I don't know how anyone else chooses what they're going to do for. Forgotten Demon? Is it just the thing that that grabs your attention there and then? Is it uh, you know? Is it something you plan for ages? Is it? Do you do it tactically? You know? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Um, so I'm going to work that out. Um, but yeah. So I mean, that's that's all been happening, and I've I've painted some stuff, and uh, still very impressed by Games Workshop's new paints. And I'm sort of thinking, you know, when they come out, what will I be able to do with them? Um, so yeah, I'll have a think. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I can't waffle any more than that. It's, it's taking the mickey now, to be honest. Uh, my guest today is Spencer, who you may know from Spen's Painting. That's S-P-E-N-S Painting, uh, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter if you want to give him a follow. But crucially, you can also find lots of very handy video tutorials on YouTube. Um, and I really recommend it. Uh, and... It's also Spen's painting, although it's uh, S P E N S underscore painting on TikTok, which is one of these newfangled social media networks that I have no idea what it is and uh, I'm scared of it. So, um, yeah, I really recommend uh, looking him up. Actually, he is a relatively newish hobbyist in terms of his output recently, and especially for for these sort of channels. But 
Um, he's doing some very interesting things. He's uh, incredibly likable. That's the other thing. Um, it's the joy of being a podcaster. So I just get to invite on people who I like. And uh, I do like Spencer. He's a very nice guy. I've met him a few times. Um, he's, a, he's a big fan of playing Warhammer Underworlds. I know that. Um, but uh, And so I've seen him at Warhammer Worlds doing that once or twice. And uh, yeah, that's about all i got. Because the best way to tell you more about Spencer is for you to meet Spencer. Uh, which I'm not su- suggesting you you know start angling to, to get a lunch in with him or anything. But you can meet him here by listening to him on my podcast. That is the wonders of technology. Uh, and I really am rambling now. But no, I would say do, do give Spencer a follow. Um, check out his stuff. If you like weathering, if you're a big fan of making things look dirty and gribbly and grimy... Spencer's your man. He's got some great techniques and tactics and, and tips that you can find on his YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, yeah, so I say we just dive straight into it and I stop waffling on. How does that sound? Uh, so thank you very much again. For, oh, I need to tell you where you can find this podcast, don't you? Well, you've already found this one. But if you've stumbled on it by mistake somehow uh, and you're you're not on your usual platform, perhaps you'll be able to find it on your usual, usual platform uh, because it is on Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, Apple Play, uh, Google Pod, uh, yeah, no, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, something like that anyway. Right, I'm, I'm starting to make mistakes now and I'm waffling. So, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Spencer. Spencer, lovely to have you on the show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much for having me. It's great Good. to be on here. No worries, it's lovely to have you here. Um, so today we're going to talk to you about your life in miniatures. And we're going to go back inside because you've kind of had, I, I, this is from what I inferred from what we, we have spoken about via email, uh, kind of two starts in the hobby. Yeah. There was the the very early one and the one that's a bit later. But So let's talk about your earliest start. So the first miniature or miniatures that we're going to mention here are the uh were dark elf sorceress and some night goblins possibly yes you may yes. not remember too well no i mean i think i'm trying to remember when i very first found out about warhammer and it must it must have only been about eight years old something like that yeah and it would have been a copy of white dwarf that i've seen mm-hmm. in news agents and picked it up and got one to buy at me and obviously fall in love with all the pictures of all the models and everything and then probably pestered her to take me to the nearest games workshop shop. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that the first model I had was an old metal Dark Elf Sorceress. She yeah. had a staff. Um, I think it had a skull on it or something like that. She Sounds had a right. cloak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. very Dark Elfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm almost 100% certain that was the first. Well, I know that is one of the first models I had. I'm pretty sure it was the first model. Right. Um, but I never really painted it. I was only like eight, nine, ten years old. So I never really okay. got into the hobby properly then. Yeah. Um, I had a few friends that did a little bit, but nothing, not not seriously. And I can remember then having a box of uh, Night Goblins. Right. And again, probably built maybe half of them, played around with them a little bit, but not really actually got into the hobby properly, I would say. You know, just, yeah. just dabbled a little bit. 
Are these the classic sort of uh, monopose night goblins with were they spearmen or archers with the, well they would have had they a red weapon. archers yeah was, so a um, red bow and yeah yeah, yeah the uh, the ones with the little hood like the little hoods on the separate heads and I'm pretty sure there's probably some of those dotted around the floor in the lofts in amongst the uh, good the insulation good. up there yeah that's the natural um, habitat these days yes yeah yeah definitely definitely um, and yeah. I, I maybe I'd have had a few of the models, but I can't remember anything specifically. Um, mm. Said, I mean, I was very young and maybe yeah, yeah. a little bit then, and um, and then just sort of I never really grew out of it, but I just moved away from actually buying the models. I still got yeah. White Dwarf every now and again, mm-hmm. um, so kept kept on top of it that way. Um, and then when social media sort of came around a little bit later on, obviously started yeah. following a few Instagram accounts and kept mm-hmm. up with it a little bit. Um, but then never really actually delved into the hobby until just before the start of lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering, the card game. Yeah. Um, but you can't play that at home by yourself. You know, you've got to actually have other people to play with. This is true, yes. So I wanted a hobby that I could do at home. And mm-hmm. obviously on Instagram, seeing all amazing painters and all that kind of thing, I just thought, oh, yeah. Warhammer. Yeah, oh. nice. Get into it. Um, so the, at the time when that happened, that was when the Mortal Realms magazine was coming out, which is like the monthly magazine where you get models and then you get yeah. paints and change how to play. And it just started coming out. And the I think the first issue you got a bunch of Nighthorn chain rafts, and I can't remember which models they are, but some of the um, Stormcast Eternal big armoured ones. Yeah. Um, I can never remember any of the names of... No, they all same, yeah. They are, yeah. Um, Vindictors and Vindicators and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's um, So, yeah, got those. And then, um, yeah, the first model I painted when I, I think, what I would say is like when I truly started the hobby was a Nighthaunt Chain Rasp, which right. I didn't, I kind of just winged it. Not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> no, I was um, going to do it, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun, and mm. uh, yeah, I obviously had a go at that. Then started going through YouTube, seeing how other people painted things, and yeah, just fell in love with it. Then from there on, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think for a lot of people, you know, you have that initial sort of getting into the hobby, just learning about everything, and it's just sort of a massive influx of information. You take it, it all is, in, yeah. And, it's um, an explosion of imagination that just sort of captures you, and you sort of drown in it, but you realise you're quite happy drowning in it. Uh, yeah, 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 happily yeah. drowning in all this, in all the lore and all the models and yeah, learning yeah. about all the different factions. Um, and obviously, that was just AOS that I was looking at then. And then mm. I started looking at 40K, because 40K, obviously... Everyone knows Space Marines. <laughs> oh, well, everyone knows Space Marines. Yes, this is yeah. true. Yeah. It's, uh, okay, cool. So, uh, I mean, I suppose, what drew you to that chain rasp? What was the, the, why that model? Why did that capture you when you came back into this series? I think it's when I first looked at the, the, obviously the two lots of models that you get in that, in that magazine. And, yeah. I was just looking at them and I looked at the Stormcast and thought, oh, those, those are kind of cool, like big armoured dudes and, and dudettes that are just, you know, like big weapons Classic. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, very cool. But the chain rafts were something different and they're a little bit spooky, a little bit horror-ish. And um, yeah, that, I think that's what drew me to them. They're just different and something I hadn't really seen before. 
Um, and yeah, it was just the look of them. Sort of, they captured something in my imagination, in my imagination as well, which was just like, these are really cool. These are no. something different. You could do so many different things with these. Like the stone yeah. crest, obviously you've got options. You can, but it's, it's metal armor um, and cloth. Yeah, true, true. You know, it kind of just yeah set my imagination going really. Cool. Well, good. I'm glad they did. I mean, I think that the night horn has set a lot of people's imaginations going. They're yeah. kind of, you do get the impression with them. They're the sort of the undead faction that probably the miniatures designers wish they could have done right from the start. But you know, the the technology trying to make something out of lead that floated mm. not the easiest thing to do. Lead isn't a particularly no. floaty thing. Um, no, it's definitely not. No, no. I think that was something with them as well. Is that the shapes of them are very intricate and delicate um yeah quite flowing um you know when you look at the miniatures themselves a lot of movement to them which is something i quite like you know being able to imagine the model actually in an environment doing something moving around and being yeah. part of where it yeah, is absolutely. rather than just being a static model yeah no that's very true very true that's uh okay so um you mentioned there you know you, you start off in uh age of sigma and then maybe discovered the labyrinthine nightmare that is Warhammer 40,000 slightly later on. What was it that drew you to Inquisitor Greyfax? Um, so when I got back into the hobby, one of the first things I did is pick up a, a Black Library book. Yeah. Um, the first one that I did was Horus Rising. But um, I love to listen to audiobooks. So one of the first things I did after I read Horus Rising is went on Audible, looked at Warhammer audiobooks, yeah. and found the audio drama, which obviously she features in quite a oh, lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And she's just, she's such an amazing character. She's not exactly the nicest character. She's a bit no. mean. But, um, but she's just a really, really interesting character. Um, and I think the model is... It's very intricate, very delicate, really detailed. And uh, it's just, I thought it'd be something that's challenging to paint, but also something that just, I don't know, really. I just looked, When I saw the model, I just thought, mm, I want to paint that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to do it as part of like a diorama to begin with. Um, as it was like a, uh, how to describe it? So it was like a little, um, a little like um, gorge, with a bridge across and had a, a Nurgle, I can't remember which one it is now. It was actually one of the AOS Nurgle models on one side right. and had her on the other side and like some like okay. trees and stuff. Um, it wasn't my best well put together model um, or diorama, mm. but it was a really fun model to go with that diorama. So um, it just fit in really well with that. Uh, but I think painting that model itself was the best part of the diorama and then the rest of the diorama is kind of just like ah uh, uh, just something to go around it really <laughs> yeah no that's fair enough but i mean doing a diorama i mean i think i think when whenever we see golden demon entries come through the dioramas are and this is not meant to be in any disservice to any of the other entries into a competition like golden demon the diorama is the one that catch your imagination the most yeah. and they're, they're the ones that you know it sets a scene it's a little vignette part of time that is frozen and uh you know the characters are not just uh on a base they are on a in a in a world that's set there so uh, how long had you been 
hobbying now. I mean, not counting the dark elves and the night goblins from all those years ago. Um, how long had you been hobbying before you thought, oh, I'm going to give a diorama a go? Um, it's probably about a year, I'd say. Okay. Um, so in the first year that I was hobbying, I sort of was just playing around with lots of different things. Um, I painted up some Imperial Fists. They were quite fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, painted up a few other bits and pieces, experimented with a few different styles. Um, and yeah, eventually just sort of thought, oh, what, what can I do next? And yeah, just decided, hmm, diorama, that's something fun to have a go at. And yeah, um, yeah, probably, yeah, probably about a year, something like that, before I didn't go at it. Cool. And, and is that something that um, the diorama as a medium, which is a very poncy way of saying people who like to do dioramas, um, with the diorama as a medium, is that something you would want to revisit again in the future? Or is, are you sort of like, because you, you, you've changed your focus maybe a little, little bit in, in recent times, but is that something you'd like to go back to? Yeah, so I actually did a small little diorama for uh, this year's March from a Crag. Um, so for those who don't know, March from a Crag is like a, a little event that Nick Baton of Games Workshop does every year where he just tries to get How as many dare you as speak possible. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tries to get so many <clears throat> people to paint ultramarines. And um, yeah, I did a little diorama for it this year where it was a, an ultramarine captain facing off against some tyranids. Um, it was only like a little small thing, probably about um, four or five inches by two or three inches, just like a little little scene um it was really fun uh it's probably not something i would want to do all the time but it's like Mm -hmm. a little break from other projects or just something to you know mix things up a little bit it was really really fun to do so definitely something i'd like to do more of in the future as well good nice it's um well i'm i'm uh well yes just you know the fact that we've had to bring his name up here um <laughs> no i like nick he's fine um but um yes we can edit the back out <laughs> oh I'll, yeah we can cut all of that <laughs> okay so um nick baton and his horrible ultramarines aside um you then moved on because this is the thing the ultramarines are uh many people see the, as the golden boys of warhammer 40,000 but what I really like is the fact that in recent years they've been supplanted as the true golden boys by the Adeptus Custodes. And uh, the next miniature that you and I can talk about is your work on Constantine Valdor. Yes. Um, tell me about approaching a, a, a figure like Valdor. Well, yeah, he's um, he's something else, really. <laughs> when you look at the model, there's so much going on with it. Um he was also the first Forge World model that I painted. So yeah. that was an extra layer of thinking, um, you know, not painted a resin model before. So thinking like, mm-hmm. oh, is it going to be different to painting plastic? How am I going to approach this? Um, as it happens, Forge World resin is, is pretty forgiving and you, you can yeah. kind of just, you know, once it's primed, it's not really an issue at all. Very um, true. So for that model, I sort of broke it down into uh, as many pieces of, or many pieces that were different as possible so for example his bird on his shoulder tried to keep that separate um tried to keep all the metal armors the same uh, all together rather um he has like a, a big demon thing on his shoulder which uh, kept that separate and then painted it in sub assemblies so um all the metal armor what i actually did is i started from uh, like a bright silver color um yeah and then glazed in uh contrast paints and 
um, Citadel Shades to, mm-hmm. to bring the gold out. So I kind of started from the highlight and worked back down into the shadows because right. um, I really wanted that proper bright, bright silver to be showing in as many places as possible. Of course, um, yeah. And I find it easier to to shade the hi- like put the shades in rather than to add the highlights on top. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. it it's uh, it is a very shiny model as well. Which it does It's in, in person you can kind of see it. In photos, it doesn't come across as well. It's like any metallics. You can never really get the 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 photos to show off that how bright it actually is. Yeah, metallic um, paints are great for killing cameras. Loose, I find. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very very hard to show them off well. Um, and yeah, um, I just took my time with it, uh, just approached each, each individual component as its own thing. So like the birds, like used glazing and things like that on it to, to make, to almost just make that as good as I could then focus on the next bit, like the demon's head, mm-hmm. you know, all like the, the bits on the horns, just like individual lines, you know, glaze it all in together. And, um, yeah, just broke it down into these individual sort of areas or like different types of components and then yeah eventually it was all all done and put it all together and then it was done <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> yeah um which is i think that's kind of like how i approach any big or how i would approach any big model like that or like but there's lots of different details and they're all different materials yeah. um yeah it's because they're they're a bit daunting when you first look at them you think oh god how am i gonna how am I going to tackle this? Very um, true. Yeah. 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 Well, that's great. And has it inspired you to do any more of the Emperor's true golden boys? Well, I have done a few of them actually. Um, but now when I do them, I do them a bit more in my current style, which is all the grime all the time. So nice. Yeah, good, good, good phrasing there as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I talk, I mean, I talk about it a lot on like Twitter and stuff, but it's become a bit of a meme, but I do use a lot of like grimy products on my in my current style, so it's nice. Um, it, when you when you use that with the custodies, they do look quite good because you get the contrast between like the bright gold and then like all the dirt yeah, and grime yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, I, I like that style anyway. It's you know, um, I have thought about with Horus Heresy coming out. You know, maybe do a little force of them when the, mm. the book for those comes out. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to be pretty busy painting up of what I've got planned for those anyway. So. All right, good. Well, we'll get onto the Horus Heresy shortly. Yep. All right, so custodies aside, um, oh, we're going to have to mention the Ultramarines again, aren't we? Um, we are. We are. <laughs> no, it's just, oh dear. So um, the Indomitus Lieutenant, your Ultramarines Indomitus Lieutenant, tell me about your memories of painting this miniature. So when I f- if we go back to when I first started like properly in the hobby um, yeah i think when everyone first starts they look at the first thing they do is obviously go on the games Workshop website and look through all the models there and obviously yeah. everything's painted in the in the heavy metal style which is mm-hmm. amazing for showing off all the details of the model you can see everything and you know all the intricacies they're all there it's, they all stand out yeah um but that's not what i would necessarily say is like the most characterful characterful way of painting them that you can, yeah, okay. see all the details, and they are have got a lot of character. But I feel like sometimes adding a bit more dirt and grime and battlefield effects and yeah, maybe some like really bright glowy stuff on them is kind of 
my style more. So yeah, yeah. Um, so with the uh, Ultramarines Lieutenant, um, I've been playing around with different like enamel effects for a while, and okay. said like mud and grime and things like that, mm-hmm. and I just decided. Because I, I hadn't at that point, I hadn't really painted an ultramarine. I thought, oh, I've got to do it, really, haven't I? Um, no, you don't. No one has to. It's fine. <laughs> 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 the, the only ultramarine I've painted up at that point, I think, is um, Rabute. So okay. yeah, I painted him for March from a crag. But I mean, he's not he's not your your standard ultramarine. Really. No, but yes, he's about the furthest you can get from a standard ultramarine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I decided, yeah, I'm just going to paint one up and um, I'm going to try and find a style that I really like that's also quite different to what you'd normally see an ultramarine looking like. Not yeah. clean, not parade ready, dirty, grimy, been in a war zone for a while. And yeah, I just kind of went to town with it. Um, it's, that, that sculpt is such a great sculpt as well. So it it was a lot of fun just to paint it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah went in with all the grimes all the dirt all those kind of effects and yeah it ended up being kind of i think it's the first model that i can say is where i've come like my current style that's where that's come from from the end of that model and just seeing how all those grime effects and dirt and everything it can really make a a model look like it's been stuck in a battle zone for weeks at a time and really been going for it and uh yeah it's kind of spawns my current style really um, yeah yeah and is that what because i mean yeah you you have done a lot of work with grimy and gribbly and dirty so what about doing that gives you such satisfaction um because you could paint very clean and neat and lovely but you choose to go down that uh gribbly gross sort of uh straight what is it about it that you, that you really enjoy Apart from setting it in that, I'm talking more about the painting rather than the effect of your painting. Yeah. What, what is it you enjoy about doing it? I think it's um, so when you, if you paint it in like a really clean style, you have to make sure that everything is exactly as it should be. Yeah. Um, you know, your highlights have to be in the right places and you have to make sure all your lines are nice and clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to, you know, yeah, yeah. do it to the best of your ability and no, of course. Um, you try and be as careful as possible. Whereas with this style, um, so it, it, the way I generally do this, if I like approach this style, is that you basically put all your base coats on and then that's all the, the colors done, really. So like your gold will just be retributor armor gold or your blues will just be whichever blue you want to use. So like I use uh, Vallejo Magic Blue. Yeah. Um, and once you've done those and they're in mostly the right areas you know you can have a little bit of overlap and then you start putting the grimes on and you start putting different effects like rust and things on there and mm-hmm. that does so much of the heavy lifting for you yeah you don't have to worry about making sure everything's in the perfect spot you don't have to worry about whether your highlight is in the right place like where the lights hit the model in the right place or yeah. anything like that you know you can you can just slap a bit of grime on there and reduce it down a little bit and it'll just leave a really nice effect on the model that's I'm not, I don't want to say that it's it's easy. Um, no. It is a lot easier than... Well, I find it a lot easier than um, traditionally painting, you know, with like yeah, yeah. base, wash, highlight, highlight. Um, I find it easier than that. Uh, yeah. But I think it's more it's more freeing. You don't have to be as accurate. You don't have to be as yeah. 
like precise every single time. Um, you can allow a bit of that chaos with a small C chaos yes. to come into yes. it. Yeah. Definitely small C chaos. Yeah. Although it works really well with big C chaos too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's like a different uh, it's a different skill set, it's a different way of approaching it. It's 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 uh yeah, because I mean obviously heavy metal stuff is there to be box art. It's you know, and, and that's not in any way meant to diminish what they do because what they do no, is it's incredible not. it's it's yeah. mind-blowing but yeah it's it's i do know what you mean i think especially if you're playing games and stuff it's it can be nice to see them set in world and i think chasing that particular path where you're looking at those sort of how to make it a part of its universe and really leaning into that grime and dirt and, uh, and everything like that. I think it's 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 complete. It's like a the the paths fork almost when yeah. you're yeah. And uh, but no, I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. The the heavy metal style is like I know I said it's not characterful. That's that's probably the wrong way of putting it. It's more um, you can tell it's it's developed so that you can see all the details of the model and yes. it's painted incredibly. But like yeah. When you see them in person, like when you go to the Warhammer World and you go on the exhibition, you see the models yeah. in person. Yeah. It's hard to describe just how good they actually are in real life. Yes. You know, when you're looking at them and um the the images on the Games Virtual website, obviously they're they look amazing on there, but mm-hmm. they still don't do them justice. When you see them in real life and you look at how precise they are, how perfect they are, yeah, it, it it's absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. And yeah. then when you look at the heavy metal painters and what they do for their own personal projects, like on Instagram and Twitter and things, and that, and they bring their own character into it then mm-hmm. rather than painting it for the box art. And it kind of reveals just how amazing they are. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's incredible to see people being able to switch between their own personal style and that sort of very, um, I don't want to say formulaic. Formulaic again sounds in some way derogatory, but it's not meant to be. I mean, it's that sort of, you know, there is a very defined heavy metal style of painting things. Yep. And yep. being able to switch from that to one's personal style is quite impressive, I think. Definitely agreed. Um, okay, so let's um, go as far away as you can from ultramarines. Um, <laughs> no, they're fine. They're fine. Um, but let's go to your next one, which is a, a fantastic and big kit, and one that's come up already in this season of My Life in Miniatures. Uh, Gaskell Thracker. He seems to be everyone's favourite, and I'm starting to get FOMO about it. Because <laughs> I, I've not had the pleasure yet. But what was what was the pleasure for you in painting Gaskell Thracker? So um, when I think it wasn't very long after I'd started in the hobby again that. Um, the is it, I think it was the Prophecy of the Wolf Box, which is he was first in when that was yeah. released. Yeah. Um and so so it was one of the probably the first models that I'd seen as like a preview model of like it's like, oh my god, look at this new model. Mm-hmm. And just everything about it is just so good. It's so orky and his stance and just all that armor and all the chips and battle damage and everything. It's just such yeah. an amazing model. Um and I put off getting it early on because I wanted to really do it justice. Right. Um, so I kind of put it off and put it off and put it off. And then I just thought, ah, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So got it. And 
painted it up and I had such a good time with it. It was so good. Yeah. Um, it's one of those models where, because it's quite a complicated kit because there's a lot of, uh, his skin is like beneath the armor plates. So mm-hmm. it kind of tucked away in things. So I kind of approached it. I had to think about how I approached it. Um, right. How to get the skin tones in there without going over all the armor and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, oh, it's a, yeah, it's an amazing kit. It's definitely, mm-hmm. it's one of the kits that I'd recommend that um, everyone paints at some point because it's, it's so fun. Um, and yeah, it was, it was also a kit that ended up, well, my, my version of it ended up on the Warcom site. So that's the first model I've had on the Warcom site, which is there you go. absolutely an achievement that I had, you know, when I started, I never thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah, very nice, yeah. very nice. So it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing, really. That was, um, that's probably one of the proudest things I've done in the hobby, I think. Getting cool. a model on there. That's very impressive. But I mean, I'm going to switch slightly away from your models right now and talk about something else that you must be very proud of, which is your your YouTube channel. Um, yes. So, what what inspired you to start that and, and get going on on that? So, I think what really made me do it was I had people asking me how I painted things um, yeah. on Instagram because I started off posting my stuff on Instagram, just made an account and started posting on there um and i kind of got to the point where i kept getting asked things and having to repeat myself and say like oh yeah do this 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 yeah. and this. <laughs> and I, th- I thought oh well it might be quicker just to make a video of how i do something mm-hmm. and I, I didn't really think about it. it took me a while to sort of get my head around it and then i sort of thought oh yeah i'll, I'll do that and i'll do some like funny different types of videos as well um and so i was trying to do like the whole like talking head going into you like be a youtuber sort of type thing mm-hmm. which didn't really work for me I, it, it was it's fun but it's probably not for me yeah. um and i enjoyed making the painting videos so i just sort of switched over to making just painting videos then really um mm. on started off doing different topics so like one was glazing one was non-metallic metal one was um paint how to paint fire things like that um yeah and over time it's kind of evolved now into videos i'm doing at the moment um so it's generally like how i'll paint a specific like i'll paint tyranids or i'll paint like Mm. the ultramarines like videos videos for specific things so painting this painting that and obviously all in my very grimy style (laughs) Mm -hmm. no if you got a style that's that's what people want to see yeah yeah that's it i think it's like as when I started in the hobby, it felt like I was I was trying to do one specific thing, and then as I learned more, sort of branched out to doing lots of different things, and then really found the thing that I enjoy and kind of brought it all back together again to sort of one nice. more narrow sort of style. Which and yeah, I think this, at the moment I'm having the most fun I've ever had doing any hobby. That's um, wonderful. Yeah, which which is great fun, really. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah nice yeah, it's it's fun well good and we will of course encourage all viewers to go and check out your youtube uh uh channel there will be links in the description of this this podcast um wherever you find it so yeah um no i'd, I'd recommend it because it's a lot of fun and you definitely do uh champion that grimy style um oh yes that, that you've become <laughs> so good at yeah thanks um, yeah it's um 
I think one thing that I don't really um, say often enough is that I think people should try as many different styles as they can. Um, yeah. Because it's very easy to think that one certain style that you see people paint is the style or the best way of doing things. Um, and it's not. You can have a lot of fun trying all sorts of things, all different levels and all abilities. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best things about the hobby is that you don't have to be an amazing painter. You don't have to be amazing at kit bashing or, or, or any of it really to have fun and really get the most out of the hobby. Yeah. You can just do what you want to do, um, try different things. And it, it's really, really fulfilling just doing that. Yeah. That's a fantastic message to say, actually. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's, it's about having fun. If, if yeah. I mean, and I've, I've had times myself in this hobby where I haven't been having fun. Oh, that's terrible English, isn't it? Wait, hang on. I'll, I'll try and get that grammatically right. <laughs> where I haven't been having fun and I've just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. And I walk away and I'll do something else for a little while. Then I'll, I'll let my hobby mojo come back and I'll find the thing that I enjoy about it again. And um, I'll suddenly get the itch and I'll just feel like, yeah, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And then I'll just yep. dive back into painting. And, and I think that's, that is the key. It should be something you enjoy and don't, don't uh, hassle yourself to try and, be a certain way in terms of painting or modeling or whatever it is you're doing. Just yep. find the thing that you enjoy. Do that. Exactly. Right. I think it's very easy with social media as well to fall into a trap of seeing lots of people doing things in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. That's got to be the way to do it. Got to do it that way. And it yeah. really doesn't. You know, you can mm. you can find your own way of doing things. You can do, you know, if you just want to paint your models with base coats and leave it at that level that's yeah. fine if you enjoy that that's that's great that's what yeah. the hobby's there for you to enjoy it um if you want to try and win a golden demon and you know put all that effort in and into one model over the course of months and months and months mm -hmm. that's also great as long as you're having fun then absolutely you know, it's that's what it's about that is the key well said um now let's move on to your next model then and this is um I'm going to ask two questions about this because uh, one thing I know is that this is um, yet again a different faction within the game. So far, just in terms of your, well, what we've talked about actually over the course of this podcast, we've talked about Dark Elves, Night Goblins, uh, the Inquisition, uh, the Adeptus Custodes, Ultramarines, Orcs. Now we're going to Tyranids. So I'm, I'm getting a sense of a hobby butterfly um yes <laughs> sitting on the other end of, of my zoom chat right now um so tell me first about uh why we why you want to talk about your tyranid hormagon and b why you have enjoyed so many different factions what, what leads you to paint so many different things yeah so the the tyranid hormagon it's like it's a funny one to include on the list because a lot of the other ones are very detailed models lots of like there's a lot going on with them quite yeah. big kits um whereas the little hormigon is just just a little hormigon yeah um but the reason it's kind of important to me is that um in december i got, I got covid and i was sitting mm. and i was just like oh this is this is awful you know feeling down about myself and yeah. stuck inside it's it wasn't very fun um so as any hobbyist should do when they're feeling down, they go into the games workshop and they order some kits. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's how it works. Yep. Yep. Um, and 
I kind of was just looking through, just browsing through, looking at different things. And I thought, oh, I'll paint something different that I haven't painted before. Um, and I thought, oh, Tyranids, I've not really painted anything like that. Anything, you know, too sort of um, biological, I suppose. Um, yeah. you know, most of the things I've painted have been like armoured up things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just thought, oh, well, I don't want to get one of the bigger kits because what if I don't enjoy it? And it's, you know, quite a lot to take on. So yeah, I just yeah. buy some of the, you know, the most basic of basic kits. Um, I had a kind of like a rough idea of a scheme in mind. And then when they arrived, they're, like if they're quite an old kit now and you can kind of mm. tell they're dated compared to like more modern kits. Like it's a lot more clean up and the, the molding isn't as perfect as like on the newer kits. Still yeah, great, yeah. but you know, it's yeah. you can kind of just tell the difference. Yeah. Um, and I put it together and I was like, oh, okay, this, this is, this looks kind of cool. And then um, started painting it up and went through my scheme with it and like the, the first one it, it wasn't perfect but it was close enough to what i wanted it to be that i was like oh actually i love this i love this mm-hmm. scheme this was really fun to paint it was relatively simple compared to some other things that i painted and i just loved it it was it just it was like one of those moments where you just you take a step back and go huh okay mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really, really like this. I want to paint more of them. Nice. Um, and yeah, it, like I've, since then, I've sort of started making a bit of a Tyranid army. So I've got probably about a thousand uh, points of them, something like that. Cool. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that will probably end up being my first 2000 point army uh, for 40K. Because cool. they're just really, really fun to paint. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are giant bugs. What's not to love? Exactly. And they eat lots of Ultramarines. So yeah, well, this is true. I'm very much yeah. in favour. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't hate the Ultramarines nearly as much as I hate the Dark Angels. So um, anyway. Um, yes. Yeah. So well, I'm glad because <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you: Have you got a, a 2,000 point army you can call your own? But it sounds like the the Tyranids might be the first. They will. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably because of the whole hobby butterfly thing. Um, I've painted a lot of stuff in the time yeah. I've been in the hobby. Um, but I've not really, I've never dedicated myself to just one thing. I think it's because there's so many good models. It's hard to just, just focus on one thing for mm-hmm. once. Like I'll, I'll start a project and I'll be, you know, get like most of the way through that. And I'll start, I'll already be thinking like, oh, well, that was really fun to paint. But what about painting some more Space Marines? Which Space Marines haven't I painted yet? And then mm-hmm. Start looking at those, and then there'll be a new release that comes out, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. Like maybe I'll paint something like that. And yeah, yeah. Um, I just find it really hard to focus on one army. Really, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. There's so much good stuff out there. Why, why yeah. just stick with one? Right. And there's there's always new stuff coming out as well. Which I think mm-hmm. I did get a bit wrapped up in the whole like, oh, I've got to paint the newest thing. Got to paint the newest thing. Um, which I've kind of taken a bit of a step back from recently, but that's because there's obviously a very, very big box set coming out yes. pretty soon. Yes. So yeah. That's yeah. been uh, weighing heavily on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's just, uh, this is a, another aside, but it's a, a YouTuber, um, which is kind of a way, you, you're not a YouTuber, you're a human being, but you you make videos for YouTube and yep. you enjoy doing your channel. Do you feel that sort of pressure to have the newest thing? all the time like you should be working on the newest kit or do you think you're going to miss out on views or, or, or does it not bother you is that not something you i mean because um, you do it for yourself you seem like someone who does it more for themselves and, and yeah. enjoys the profits of it but i think 
Um, sometimes. So it depends, really. It's, um, for example, like the Parasite and Mortrex that came out, um, mm. I, I painted it on the day it came out. I made a video that came out. I can't remember if it came out. I released it on the same day it came out or the day after. Yeah. And that was a model that, uh, as soon as I saw it, I loved it. And I wanted mm-hmm. to paint it straight away. And nice. it was just, I knew I was going to paint that like the day it came out. Um, yeah. No question about it. But I didn't feel any extra pressure to do that. It was just that I really, really wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, sometimes when there is a new release, I do feel a bit like, oh, if I do paint that up soon after it comes out, then I will get a load of views or like mm-hmm. it will do really well. Um, but then I kind of take a step back from that and think, actually, for the level I'm YouTubing at, it's not really, it's not like it's going to, I'm not going to get like a load of ad revenue or anything like that. So I don't yeah, have that yeah. extra pressure of doing it for like a business or, or something like that. So I can just take mm. my time with it. Um, nice. As long as I do take that moment in my head to go, just wait, you don't need to do it straight away. Yeah, you yeah. Take your time with it. Because um, it does seem very pressurized, that sort of, you know, competitive even, the the YouTuber painting scene. Yeah, I think it is. I think for me, it's not too bad because I, I say I do just do it for me. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy making videos like on my Instagram. I'm, like, I enjoy making little reels and little videos like that as well. So yeah. the actual video making part is something I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was doing it more professionally, more to you know really grow a channel and build it up properly, then yeah, I think I probably would feel a bit pressure a bit more. But as yeah. it's just for me, it's not too much an issue. Yeah, nice. And, and it's also worth saying you're very professional and you've got a wonderful YouTube channel. So um, well, thank keep, you. Keep doing it. Um, but that's not we'll just do. me blowing smoke. <laughs> that's uh, I, I mean that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to one of your most recently painted uh, minutes as well. Actually, a set, a in fact, a wide range, uh, which you I, I believe you are still working on. By the time this comes out, you might have finished them. Um, <laughs> That'd be uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a fun set to, to be working on. Yes, you are doing uh, one miniature each of uh, the original 18 Space Marine Legions because of our brand new Horus Heresy box set, which is yes. a wonderful box set. We'll very much enjoy it. Um, yeah, how's that going? How's that project? It's good, yeah. So I've taken a little break because I've done the first 10 now um, mm-hmm. as, as time of recording. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's really fun because what I've tried to do with it is for each legion, obviously stay true to their colors and, you know, like make them represent the actual legion they are. Um, Mm -hmm. whilst also kind of kind of doing them in my style and varying the different types of weathering that I'm using. So for example, some of them will have, um, they've got like really chipped up armor. Some of them have got like lots of rust, all the different types of weathering I can think just to, to vary them, Mm -hmm. um, different bases and things like that while still being, very grimy and horrible and manky. <laughs> yeah, nice. Manky is good. Yeah. Manky is a good word to describe them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's a fun project. It's, it's fun as well because each one's different, but um, they are all space Marines as well. So, you know, it's, there's kind of like a nice formula that I can follow with each of them. They're fun videos mm-hmm. to make because I can keep them quite short and concise, but still have a lot of fun with them. Um, yeah. And when you put them all together, they do look pretty cool. Like when you've got all the different colors, mm-hmm. so I quite like that. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, 
So I've got to ask you, have you have you found a favorite out of the ones you've done so far? Or is there one you're expecting to be your favorite? I have found a favorite, yes. Well, I found two actually, which, and this is going to sound really kind of like I'm just saying it because of the box that's coming out. Mm-hmm. But the two that I've enjoyed painting the most are Sons of Horus and Imperial Fist. Nice. So, okay. Yeah, um, Sons of Horus are my favorite though. The the sea green color is just, it's just really nice. Yeah, yeah. it's different. It's really isn't it? color. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think I quite like it that Sons of Horus aren't in 40k, like they, they don't yes. exist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. it's um, the kind of unique to to Horus Heresy, which yeah, I quite like. I think I don't know whether that's like something that puts people off a lot because a lot of people like to have something in Horus Heresy that they can use in 40k, or they're just like a faction that's through the whole, you know, like the whole yeah. ten thousand years sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sea green is for me definitely yeah. going for that nice that's good to know but i mean even even if you know the the sons of horus themselves don't exist they could just be black legion they haven't got their their formal armor out yet yeah that's know, it they just got lost in the warp on the way to tarot turned up ten thousand years late <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah that's uh, that's cool all right nice well that's, i'm glad to hear you found some favorites and yes it's a great project and i'm enjoying um watching how you get on with those thanks um spencer i, I think we've uh, we've been taking up a lot of your valuable time this evening and um, I've got a couple of questions left that I asked to each of my guests. Uh, the first one of which is, what's your favourite paint? It is Mig Streaking Grime, 100%, because I use it on pretty much everything. Right. Uh, at this point, it's become a bit of a meme. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I posted a meme today about follow your heart, use Streaking Grime on every model. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great paint, really used, to, uh, like, I use it on, yeah, every model really at the moment. Um, you can literally just coat a model in it and then reduce it down and it just leaves like a really nice grimy finish to the model. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not, I'm not using it like a traditional paint really, like, you know, like as a colour. Um, mm-hmm. If we're going to talk about a specific colour, then it's Vallejo Model Air IJN D- Deep dark green. That's a bit of a mouthful. Is that the green you're using on the Sons of Horus? It is, yes. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it's just a really, really nice, like that, that green. It's yeah. Sons of Horus green in a bottle. Beautiful. Well, it's not nice. Sons of Horus green in a bottle. Well, no, 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 that's cis cell paints. But yes, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So that's no, good. Vallejo done that. And, uh, and, yeah, what, what was the company that made the streaking grime? Oh, so it's a company called Ammo by Mig. Um, I just shortened it to Mig. Um, they're a Spanish company, and they, they mainly specialize in uh, scale model paints. So okay. all kinds of weathering paints for like scale model dioramas and things like that. All right, cool. Well, I will check them out. Uh, cool. Um, and all right, the, our very last question. Um, if you paint one miniature it, it might not exist yet it might have been rumored it might be just out of your imagination or it might be something that you could pick up tomorrow in a store what's the next miniature you'd like to paint i haven't got the imagination to think up a new one so i'm going to go with horus the Warmaster. okay it's uh yeah he's he's the Warmaster. it's an mm-hmm. amazing mini um i saw angle heraldas is one at the horus heresy open day which is uh insane uh he's that model good, is yes. yeah, yeah he's he's uh yeah i think he's probably one of my favorite paintings in the world like he's just oh, he's there you go. 
And that model is that he painted is just mind blowing. It's amazing. Um, mm. So yeah, probably. I mean, I would never be able to get to that level. Mine would be very much dirtier than his, but uh, that is the model I would like to paint. Yeah, fine, fair enough. I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to throw one more question at you here because okay. um, we, we like to do equal time on this podcast. Uh, everything we've talked about so far has been Games Workshop. Have there been any companies or games or model series that have tempted you away from from Citadel and Forge World? There is actually, yes. So, oh, yeah. um, and I've only just actually, I was at the UK Games Expo this weekend, just gone. So, oh, nice. an idea of when we're recording this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I picked up a starter set and one of the champion bundles for God Tier which is like a skirmish game. Um, all the miniatures are pre-built and they've got some really cool looking models. So I picked up um, like this, uh, it kind of looks like something from Nurgle. It's like um, like some kind of like horrible, mm. I don't know, like skin blobby thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's called Grimgut, I think, something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm for, I have actually been tempted away just recently by it so nice yeah. good well it's good to broaden one's horizons and yeah definitely i can c- confirm for listeners that spencer has just held up a, a sort of pinkish blobby thing it looks <laughs> like a, a tiny great unclean one um yeah, yeah pretty much yeah yeah that's kind of what drew into me <laughs> nice so, yeah um i've not played it yet but it looks like a fun game um skirmish games are a lot easier to just get your head around and yeah. actually find time to play so yeah, I thought I'd pick it up and give it a go. Sweet. Well, we wish you all the very best of luck with that. I look forward to seeing you. that appear on your YouTube channel. And um, yeah, Spencer, thank you very, very much for being a guest on, on My Life in Miniatures. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun. Nice one. Cheers. And what a lovely chat that was. Thank you very much, Spencer, for being a guest on My Life in Miniatures. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that conversation as well. Uh, I hope you managed to get a nice bit of hobby done while Spencer and I were nattering away there about uh, streaking things up with grimy paints and Horus Heresy Legions and Age of Sigma and everything else. It was I really enjoyed that chat. It was very uh, fun to do. Um, yeah, just to remind you, if you want to check out some of Spencer's miniatures, some of his work, and get some tips and tutorials from him, uh, I recommend heading over to YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter and looking for Spens Painting, that's S-P-E-N-S Painting. Or if you are so inclined and you're up to date with what the kids are doing, uh, go over to TikTok and look for S-P-E-N-S underscore Painting, that's Spens Painting on TikTok, which... Now that I think about it, TikTok is probably old enough that there are kids now being like, ugh, TikTok, that's old. Um, which, you know, this this just happens as you get older. You're just made to feel older and older all the time until you just, you know, curl up in a little wrinkly ball. And um, Anyway, that's depressing. Let's go away from that one. Um, oh, yeah, I was just, uh, you might have noticed there's a little patch in that recording that had some minor audio issues. Uh, Spencer's microphone got a little bit crackly. Uh, which makes change from it being my microphone that goes a bit weird. Um, I see. I shouldn't have said that because now my microphone's going to play up. It's almost sentient sometimes. I'm sure. Um, but yes, there was tiny little ones there. But I hope you can forgive us for that. Um, I've had a very nice bit of. Uh, this is an aside from from my chat with Spencer. I'm going to do another shout out for someone who I really hope. Uh, if if you like his artwork, go and support him. Go and find him on Patreon or. 
uh, is social media channels, I'm going to give a shout out to Dr. Jeff. Uh, Jeff Banyard, uh, Dr. Jeff. Uh, he is uh, the guy behind the Spanners uh, webcomic, which you will find on the Warhammer community team. Um, uh, long ago when I worked for the Warhammer community team, uh, I helped get that comic up and running and um, I'm a big fan of Jeff's work and so uh, he has very kindly sent me a little printout that he did for his patrons and uh, I just want to say, and he hasn't asked me to do this by the way, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart and because Jeff makes me laugh so much and he's a lovely, lovely human being. If you like Spanners, go and check out his other stuff because it is really funny and good. Um, and yeah, I just want to say that because it, it literally arrived uh, when I was recording the intro and uh, it's, <laughs> what he sent me has made me smile a lot. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, if you're listening uh, for that. Yeah, uh, that's us done for another week. Uh, we are now three episodes into season two. I'm quite impressed with that, even if you're not. Uh, we've got one more recorded, which will be coming out the week after this. Uh, and then I've got to go and find some new guests. Well, actually, I've got a list and I'm already talking to a few people. So stay tuned. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Instagram at my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures. Uh, you can find me at Heresy Heroes on Twitter. Uh, and you can, uh, of course, visit heresyandheroes.com. Uh, where you'll find all of the episodes of My Life in Miniatures. Just click on the little tab at the top of the, the homepage there and uh, you'll find uh, links to all the RSS uh, feeds for those. Um, yeah, we're done. We out. That's another week. I hope you have a lovely week. Uh, it's been insanely warm here over the last couple of days, so I hope wherever you are, you're going to have nice, comfortable temperatures uh, that allow you to chill out and relax and... Um, yeah, I've got a horrible feeling we're in for a really hot summer and I'm I'm very pasty and I get, I get very annoyed when all my paints start drying out. So that's going to be a fun one for me. Um, but yes, there you go. That's another week. Have, an, have a lovely week at comfortable temperatures. I'll stop waffling, let you get on with your day. Thank you very, very much for joining us again on My Life in Miniatures and look out for the episode next week. Cheers. <laughs>